This is The Hostage Tapes. Correspondence from my couch, where everything right now is a maybe. Hello, I'm Randall. Okay, so I heard... I heard this thing on NPR. It was in a segment about... uh, coping with the isolation of social distancing. And the lady, the lady giving the report or the, I don't know if it was a report or if it was kind of an editorial, whatever it was, she said a thing that you hear a lot of times. You heard it in, did you hear it in the Bush administration? You definitely hear it in the Trump administration. You heard it during Obama, oh, they won't call it terrorism. If you don't call it terrorism, if you don't name your enemy, how can you how can you face it? It's kind of the same idea in this NPR piece. The woman was saying, if you if you don't name your fears, it makes it much harder to cope with them. She said something like that. I'm gonna try to find that NPR thing. That feeling, Kessler says, is grief. That the world has changed in a way we did not choose, that we do not want, and we feel that loss, and it hurts. Of course, there are so many people whose losses are tangible and immediate, and we're hearing from so many of you about that, and we're grateful you've reached out. For some, the losses are indeed sickness and death, whether because of COVID-19 or something else. For others, the loss is jobs and financial equanimity gone overnight. And for others, it's less permanent or far-reaching, but it's still painful. Proms and athletic competitions canceled, long-planned trips and celebrations put on hold for who knows how long. And let's be honest, knowing that others have it worse doesn't make it better for you. Can I just tell you, the point is that naming a thing is the first step to coping with it. And Kessler's advice on coping with it is worth hearing. He says grief comes in stages. No one is the same, so try to respect that. Find your balance. Control what you can. But most important, he says, and paraphrasing a bit here, your work is to feel your sadness and fear and anger, because pretending you're not having those feelings doesn't make them go away. Letting them in for a few minutes a day lets you know you're still in control. And finally, he said, store up on compassion. You never know what someone else is going through, even though we're all going through something. So... I took that and I made a list of my fears, my big fears at the current moment. And I wrote, first of all, I'm not yet worried about food, water, or money. So you may, as you may know, that's what a lot of people are worried about. People are hoarding toilet paper. Somehow that's their biggest fear. They're worried about running out of toilet paper. I kind of get it to a some certain extent. Um, you might not be prepared in that department. You might go month to month on toilet paper. But, you know, the the reaction to that shouldn't be to stockpile, to buy out a store. It shouldn't be to deplete the resources so that, you know, not other people, you know, you're the only one with, you, you shouldn't be 
the, become the toilet paper queen, so to speak. That's not the correct response. Uh, yeah, why toilet paper is the first thing to be hoarded seems kind of goofy. Especially when there's plenty of food and the water supply is okay and all of that. Um, the other thing on that list there is money. I'm not yet worried about money. Um, I do, however, live paycheck to paycheck. So, like, I'm a little bit worried about it, but I'm always a little bit worried about money. So, I guess I'm not any more or only slightly more worried about having enough money at this point. So, I guess if it's important to name your fears, I wonder also if it's just as important to name what you're not afraid of. That way you... Either you can make an assessment on whether or not you should be afraid or maybe it gives you further insight into what you should be afraid of. And then the next bullet point I wrote down is that I am more or less worried about these things which would send us into further isolation. Uh, first is a power outage, next is an internet outage, next my computer dies, next my phone dies, uh, next all four of my functional, uh, four functional working cameras die. So I got, I'm talking into this camera, I got an iPod touch right here, it's got a camera on it, my telephone, my cellular telephone has a camera on it. And I also have a little point-and-shoot, um, you know, Canon power shot little guy. If any, if any one of those, if any one of those things happens, I'm gonna say the list again: power outage, internet outage, outage, computer dies, phone dies. Uh, all four of my cameras die. <clears throat> so those things, those things would really really suck and that would put me into further further isolation from the world around me um, on top of not being to go outside I would have uh, no information coming in and I would also not be able to send information out so that's what I'm mostly worried about um, So then I wrote that I'm also concerned about the other immediate threats that can make things very much worse. So last night here in San Diego, we had a 4.6 or a 4.9, I can't remember which, uh, earthquake hit. And of course, um, as I do in this time of social isolation where... Uh, I got nothing better to do than look at the internet. I didn't even feel the earthquake myself. But somebody in one of my social isolation text buddy groups uh, made a note. Oh, did you feel that? And then I, of course, 
I looked it up, and Twitter said we had an earthquake. So, yeah, if uh, and then Twitter led me to an article, and the article said there's a 5% chance that we have a much more severe earthquake in the next 48 hours. Uh, 5% chance is nothing to sniff at. Uh, 95% chance that we don't have another earthquake at all. Or not a big earthquake. I can't remember how they, they exactly stated that, but 5% chance is nothing to sniff at. Um, 5% chance of rain probably isn't enough for you to take an umbrella with you. But if there's a 5% chance of rain, it might rain. It's not a 0% chance. It's not a 1% chance. It's not a 0.01% chance. It's more than that. And it's, you know, it's about the threshold where you start to think about, well, that could happen. I might, I might get rained on today. So an earthquake in the immediate future is kind of that's kind of bugging me a little bit so that would be you know some kind of natural disaster um a fire tornado godzilla locusts things like that i'm kind of kind of less worried about those those are less on my radar but you know any kind of natural disaster would not be very good say we get an earthquake here in san diego could that cause uh what's that called is that a tsunami what is a tsunami Here's some information. yeah it's a series of waves in a water body caused by the displacement of a large volume of water right so an earthquake near the coast could cause a tsunami i don't live too close to the coast i don't think the water would reach my neck of the woods but a tsunami would definitely displace a whole lot of people and bring a whole lot of people into my neighborhood so yeah that would be a big deal that would mean the food supply is kind of uh, out of whack that would mean that those people that were hoarding toilet paper uh, they would be vindicated next thing I might be worried about is a second pandemic uh, COVID-19 got us Who, who's to say there isn't some second unknown virus out there uh, who's to say we didn't see this one coming this one snuck up on us. I'm a complete idiot. I know nothing about epidemiology. I don't have any one-to-one -one contact with anybody that knows anything about epidemiology. At least I don't know that I know that person. Uh, that's kind of scary on its own. I don't even know the people I know. Are any of the people that I'm in direct contact with, are any of them epidemiologists? 
I don't think so. But do I know for sure? No, I don't know for sure. So, who knows? Maybe there's a triple AIDS pandemic on its way. And it's completely unstoppable. And we don't know how to prevent it. Uh, if we think one pande pandemic is uh, hard to deal with, why not throw another one in the mix? Go ahead and test us. Here's a good one. Accidentally starting a fire in my apartment. Slash getting injured doing something normal. Those things uh, are probably the highest probability of happening. Uh, I have on occasion forgotten to turn off the burner on the stove and left my apartment for a 12-hour workday and come back to a faint burning smell and a very warm skillet sitting on my stove. Um, no fire alarm, no, you know, no smoke alarm, I mean, no, yeah, no damage, nothing's on fire, but, uh, a lot of wasted electricity and just feeling pretty stupid and feeling pretty lucky if, uh, I leave the burner on all day that could be a problem and I've definitely done that before and that worries me uh, the second half of that bullet point was accidentally getting injured doing something normal uh, I've been going on a run pretty much every single day since this started uh, my apartment is pretty messy. I don't pick up after myself the greatest all the time. Uh, I could easily roll an ankle. And when you roll an ankle, sometimes you fall down. If I fall down, I could hit my head. If I hit my head, I could be concussed. If I'm concussed, do I need to go to the hospital? If I twist my knee... And it swells up really bad. Could I need surgery? Could I have to wait to get surgery? Could delaying surgery mean that uh, my knee becomes unrepairable? Could uh, the prolonged hours that I'm sitting on the couch and at my desk working from home lead to repetitive stress injuries in my fingers, hand, and forearm. These are all things that seem highly more probable than a second pandemic, um, an earthquake that causes a tsunami and a massive power outage, and an internet outage, and all those things, that, those other things that I'm worried about that would cause more isolation. But in any case, I am a little bit worried these days, probably a little bit more so than normal. And 
I do think it's important to say those things out loud from time to time. Uh, it, it gives you a chance to make them real. It gives you a chance to process them in a different way than if they were just trapped inside your head. And, uh, you know, it kind of gives you, lets you empty your head out and maybe make a little more mental space for something else that's maybe a little more productive or a little, you know, a little more lighthearted. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but in any case... I've done it. I've named my fear. I've called called out the terrorists. And I'm ready to fight a war on fear. You've been watching the hostage tapes. If you made it all the way to the end of this video, it probably means uh, you're thinking the same way I do. And if that's the case, you ought to subscribe to my channel because I'm going to keep making videos here. If I see a new subscriber, I will definitely want to make a new video. If I see more views popping up in my analytics, I will definitely want to make more videos. Otherwise, uh, like I talked about at the beginning, I start to lose focus. I start to lose momentum and I start to uh, and I quit thinking about new things to talk about so um, if this is something you're interested in seeing more of make sure you hit the like button make sure you subscribe and if you feel so inclined leave a comment below it might help us in feeling a little less isolated this has been the Hostage Tapes correspondence from my couch, where everything right now is a maybe. My name's Randall. Stay well.